This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 95. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Darrence Constance to the Baller Circle. Darrence is an entrepreneur who's been working in the offline space for a long period of time. We had a conversation a few weeks ago where he told me about how he had built out a number of Cricket Wireless stores. Uh, he's been very successful, uh, and he decided that he wanted to live a different life. He wanted to have the freedom that uh, online entrepreneurship brings. And so he's, he's now in the process of making the transition from being a very successful offline entrepreneur to becoming a successful online entrepreneur. So I want to bring him on the show to talk about his previous business experience, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what sort of things have inspired him, and then now what inspired him to go online, um, uh, go from on, uh, offline to online, and what that transition has been like. So, uh, Darren, I'm happy to have you on the show. I want to know if you wanted to add anything to that intro. No, Michael, that's it, man. You, you, I'm happy to be on the show. Sounds good. Sounds good. So so I guess the first thing that I, I want to kind of understand about you is uh, before we get into all the business stuff, like what was life like for you growing up? Uh, and was there anything in particular, any, any circumstances or people or whatever that inspired you to want to be an entrepreneur? Good question. Uh, I grew up in South Florida. I am the son of... Uh, um, Haitian immigrants who who moved here for a better life. So uh, we we gr- grew up in a way that um, it was more so of a survival mode. And my parents were working, you know, more so manual labor jobs to uh, ensure that you know food was always on the table and the kids had and we had what we needed uh, growing up. So it, it, I think it was a childhood that I was able to see early on that uh, the types of uh, struggles my parents had um, to always ensure that, you know, we were good, it, it gave me a motivation to want more. So my thought was uh, to, you know, figure out how, you know, I could make money in a way that would, would make certain that I wouldn't have a lot of those struggles. And I remember just seeing on television a lot that there were, these entrepreneurs that were always being highlighted. Um, and, and I thought to myself, man, I want to be that guy. Cause I, I saw, you know, the guy with the suit, you know, running around and, you know, the world private jets and holding these corporate, these meetings where things were getting done and they were being rewarded for. It. And I said, I want to be that guy. And I remember being in the fourth grade and, and learning the word tycoon. Um, <laughs> and I said, man, that, that's what I want to be. I want to become a tycoon. And, uh, th- those are some of my early thoughts that I remember kind of giving me the early inspiration to become an entrepreneur. Nice, nice. I like that. So when you when you first, I guess, decided to take action on that and and step out there and, and do something entrepreneurial, what was the first what was the first thing you did? The first venture I did uh, that I could re- really remember was being in the 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 tenth grade <laughs> and. Uh, going, uh, go, going to, uh, you know, remember Halloween, you'd get the trick or treats. Yeah. 
I, I remember getting a bunch of candy and thinking to myself, I could really sell this stuff at retail prices or at least something of it at a discount. <laughs> And uh, I, I got a bunch of free candy and sold them in school. So that's what my first entrepreneur venture. That's what I could recall. Okay. Okay. Cool. And, you know, the funny thing about that is, I've talked to a number of people. So I did. I did something very similar. I used to go to the store in the morning and I would buy uh, packs of of gum. I get the four pack of gum, and you could get a four pack uh, for a dollar, and then I would sell each pack for fifty cents at school. Uh, and then I'd, I'd sell the gum and blue blow pops and things like that. So, yeah. So, um, and, and yeah. The, the funny thing is I've talked to so many people that have similar stories of that, you know, kind of entrepreneurial thing, like what can I do in school? What kind of hustle do I have that I can, you know, do in between classes or during class or whatever else to make some extra money. So it's cool to hear that, uh, you, you know, you had a, a very similar experience. So, so after that, I know you, uh, we talked before about, um, you, you branching out and opening, uh, different cricket wireless stores. I'm wondering if, if that was kind of the first big success you had, if there was something before that and, and, and how you, uh, I guess went about getting that first franchise. All right. So I was, I was working for JP Morgan chase as, um, in financial sales and things were going well for the first year. And the next year, my, pay structure since we were commission based was cut drastically. So I remember just feeling as though I didn't want these folks to be able to have such an impact on my on my finances and 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 well-being. And I so I started doing research on different businesses that I could start. And I remember from traveling that uh, the no contract cell phone market was huge internationally and still hadn't penetrated the U.S. market. So I ended up doing research and connecting with a local branded company that was penetrating the U.S. market and wanted to launch no contract cell phones. And I, and I end up reaching out to them, meeting with the folks, and they gave me a contract literally the same day for, for without any cost and said, hey, I could sell cell phone service, SIM cards, <laughs> uh, without having a store. I, I mean, I was floored that it was that easy, but they really wanted to get into the market. So I, what I was doing is I was selling those things outside of my car, literally, um, <laughs> after work. <laughs> and I did that for about four weeks or so and started thinking that this could be a really good idea. And I, I ended up a few, maybe a m about a month or so later, opening my own store, selling their product. It was Simple Mobile, creating more contra um, contracts with other um, smaller independent carriers that were penetrating the market. We did uh, really well in the first year, and I was thinking to, to venture out and open a franchise, and that's when I got a deal with AT&T, who was launching a new brand. At the time, it was called AO Wireless, and they seen the success I was having with AO Wireless, I mean, with my own brand, which was Constant Mobile at the time, and they gave me a contract to open stores across South Florida. Hmm. Nice. So you got, so when you were, I'm curious, I'm picturing you, like, outside your car after work, like selling, uh, you know, cell phone contracts. I'm picturing like the guy who's like selling CDs out with his trunk open. Um, was it like that or how did you approach people? Like what was, uh, I'm just curious, like how this process worked. So basically the way it worked is since I was in financial sales, I was helping people save money or make money through investments. Right. right. And I, during that conversation, I would, I would say to them, Hey, listen, actually, I noticed that you have X service for your cell phone plan. I could actually save you you know, another 40% on your cell phone bill. And uh, many of my clients would jump for that as well. I couldn't 
sign sign them up for service right then and there on the spot. Right. I had a job. So <laughs> I would literally meet them uh, at a parking lot um, and, and switch their cell phone service. And, or I would uh, advertise on Facebook through, you know, posts about my services and people would would want them. So I would meet them, you know, X place and uh, and hook them up. Nice, nice. Okay, that makes sense. So you so you were leveraging some of your existing clients' relationships to, uh, you know, break into this market, and then also using Facebook advertising, which which is really interesting. I I wasn't thinking about that. That's a that's a cool uh, cool another way to get some some uh, some eyeballs uh, and get some contracts. Cool, cool. So so you did that, and then you decided that um, uh, opening up a, a store after. I mean, it seems kind of cool that after just a month of being in this, you were able to, you know, get enough traction that you were able to open up a store. And I know you said you, you, you were able to eventually open up multiple stores, right? Right. Uh, that's, that's what happened. Uh, it, it, I came to a point emotionally that when I was in my role with, uh, you know, the JP Morgan, that I just felt like I had nothing to lose. <laughs> so if worst case scenario, if this story didn't really work out, I could always go back and get a job. Right, right. So, so when you were doing this, this wasn't a at this point at least. Was this still a high side hustle, or did did you leave your job at J.P. Morgan to do this full time? I I left the I did a, as a side hustle. It probably lasted about a month, and I left the job cold turkey to just focus on this full time, <laughs> which was a very tough decision. Um, but I, in fact, I didn't before I'd left. I told them that I wanted to stay on part time um, to pursue this. So I would you know work part time there and pursue my venture, you know, other times. But on my, the day that I was supposed to stay there, I felt almost sick to my stomach that I was opening a store and working there full time. So I just, you know, walked off the boat to walk on water. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. And I don't suggest everyone do that, but that, that was just in me at the time and it just, you know, worked out. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of people uh, with different stories. Some people like will side hustle their way until they've like replaced their income or at least have enough where they feel comfortable leaving. Other people will just jump kind of uh, what I because I used to work for a financial firm called T. Rowe Price. And, um, you know, in one of the meetings with the portfolio managers, he was one of the portfolio managers was talking about an investment that he that he put uh, that he uh, added to his portfolio. And he said, uh, when people were asking about his rationale, he said, you know, sometimes you have to jump off a cliff and build your wings on the way down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that was it for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. So so then, uh, you, you know, you build out these these franchises and you know, you're having a lot of success with it. But then you, you decided to make a pivot in your life, a pretty significant one. What um, I guess what inspired you to make this change to want to become uh, an online entrepreneur and then also Let's talk a little bit about like where you're actually living now and uh, and and how that transition happened too. Sure, uh, I I I owned Cricket Wireless stores for about four to f- four or five years. We were doing really well uh, in the business, but I came to a space where a, a number of things happened. Um, one, I I I don't think I ever had a passion for the business per se, but I I had a passion for business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and at a certain point I actually just lost a passion for even just running the business. So I would just trudge along for trudge along and I, and I was getting tired of that. And I wanted to do more in my life. And what I mean by that is I, I wanted to even have more freedom that I actually gained. 
Um, I wanted the freedom to be able to live anywhere I wanted to live. Um, I wanted the freedom to be able to go anywhere I wanted to go and not be tied down to a location. And the business that I had, I was in, I'd realized that it couldn't happen anymore. It, I mean, it couldn't happen with the business I had, I should say. And so I ended up having a conversation with my wife who actually also wanted a lot of the same experiences. And we decided that in short, the business that we had wasn't allowing us to reach our dreams, um, our full dreams, I should say. So we decided after much debate um, and discussion to actually sell our business so that we could travel the world full time. So she and I and my daughter, my four year old, we tra- we've been traveling the world full time for all of 2017. We've gone through about 12 countries, and now it was only supposed to last a year. We were supposed to come back to America, but we've decided now to live in Medellin, Colombia. It's a place that we just absolutely love, um, and now we're going to just be earning our income 100% online. Nice, nice. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's super cool, and I'm sure um, as a family and you know, having a young child, it, it's going to give them, uh, you know, your whole family such a, an experience that that most people just don't ever get to have, you know, most people don't get to travel the world for a year and, and, and have this level of exposure. And then even, even more than that, to pick a, pick a spot that you actually enjoy during that travel and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to set up shop here and, and do this. Um, so that's super cool that, that, you know, and, and that's the thing that I personally love so much about online businesses. It gives you that flexibility of you can pick up and go anywhere and you're not tied to any particular location, uh, at all. So, so with this, um, What's the plan? What's the plan for, for the online business? And what do you want to do? How do you plan on uh, making money? We've actually started a few um, businesses now and, and also have even uh, and my wife has even transitioned to uh, earning income online as a teacher. My wife is a, was a, uh, an, uh, a uh, uh, RN. And now what she's done is she started her own um, e-commerce store and we run that together. She's also uh, teaches online. I'm also launching a podcast and also and coaching business uh, on constantliving.com. And these are the ways that we're we're you're, we're leveraging um, the online space to earn income. Nice, nice. So, with, so let's kind of talk about that. So, with the with the e-commerce store, I know a lot of people are trying to get into that space, but they can't quite figure it out. Um, and, uh, so are you doing this, uh, selling products on your website? Are you selling through Amazon, um, doing drop shipping? What's, what's kind of that e-commerce play? How's that organized? So we started, we're we're starting with drop shipping as of now, um, where we basically find product that we believe can sell, uh, well, um, we advertise through mediums such as Facebook, uh, mostly, and uh, once once purchased, they're drop shipped from China. That allows us to be able to have a business where we don't have to have a warehouse, tons of employees, um, et cetera. Okay, cool. So with that, are you are you doing um, like <clears throat> like finding people that have existing products and just buying theirs, or are you getting like your own products manufactured and and, and selling those? Uh, we find we find um, products that are already existing. Essentially, what we do and the strategy is to just jump in front of uh, um, a group that is passionate about um, a particular type of product. Okay. Um, it's already there, and we just want we just put position ourselves to get in front of them um, with the products that they actually want and like. Nice, nice. So, so what's that? 
what's that search like? How do you find, I guess, find your products or and find the, I guess, the group to jump in front of? Good question. So what we do is we start, we, there's a number of ways we research. We start um, going through Facebook um, groups and audiences, because uh, Facebook um, ads has a tons of tools that allow us to see groups that are talking about a particular topic, um, that are um, energized about a, a product, and what products and services that they're actually buying. Uh, once we could, we can do that, we can identify through some through research, either, you know, going on Google's, looking for see, um, keyword searches to see what folks are actually buying. And once we can do, once we can do that, and we can identify that, um, we we start testing product to see what folks actually end up buying. See if they're um, if they're engaging with the product, if they're having comments. So once we're doing a lot of those Facebook ads, um, we can definitely we can basically have an idea whether a product will be successful or not once we put it in the store. Okay. Okay. Nice. I like that. So um, beyond that, uh, I know you said your wife was doing some. You said some teaching. Is it is it related to her being a, a nurse, or is it? Uh, how, how what's that uh, look like? Not at all. What she does is uh, she teaches English online to students who live in China. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So with the uh, with the podcast, I know you um, you have a podcast coming up, and it's launching so January tenth. Is that is that the launch date? Yes, January tenth is the launch date of the podcast. Okay. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, the name of the podcast is Constant Living, where uh, I'm showing folks how to live their best life by focusing on their passions um, and ex- and being able to free themselves of some rest- mental restrictions they may have had um, about living their best life by focusing on things like time freedom, location independence, and also how to um, you know earn earn cash, but more so in a way that honors their um, their lifestyle. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So with this, uh, the online business that you're doing, I know you said you're also doing some, some business coaching yourself, right? Um, what do you, Correct. what do you, I guess, what do you find are the most common problems, uh, that people have and, and who, uh, who is your, who is your, like, I guess, <laughs> ideal customer? What, 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 what circumstances are they in? Well, I, I found that there are people who want to get into business uh, who want to do well, but a lot of times they're 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 not identifying what's the best way to to launch a business for the for their lifestyle and what they want to do. So I'm helping a lot of folks transition from either corporate America into businesses that make sense for them, or two folks who have a business um, but it's not honoring the way that they want to live. Kind of like basically the same two positions I was in once I was working in corporate America and also having a business that didn't honor the lifestyle I wanted. Um, so that's, that seems to be the problem that I've, I've come across for a lot of folks is them kind of just buying into the go, 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 be super busy, um, and have success, but not really truly defining what success is and how to actually get there. Hmm. Okay. Nice. So what is, how do you get there? What, what's the, what's, what's your advice? What's, what, I guess, what have you found, um, that those who are successful have done that's different than those who, I guess, just talk about doing stuff or, or try to do it and just don't ever reach their goals? Well, I've found that the number one thing that a person needs to do is define what their personal success is. 
what does personal success look like to you on a daily basis? Um, what does it look like uh, when your day is done uh, a year from now, et cetera? So instead of trying to define success as what society has defined for you. For instance, I've noticed that a lot of, there's a number of people I talk to who don't have a personal definition of success. So the default for a lot of them is just to make money. Hmm. Okay. And once they do that, there's no specific target. It's not measurable and it's always moving. Then two is to actually know what cost you're willing to pay to get that level of personal success. So when you're talking about once you uh-huh. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, what I mean by cost is there's a certain level of success that you may want to get, but you have to know what you're willing to sacrifice for it. OK. OK. So once you're at a place that's beyond that point, you know that you're not that's not the per se success that you actually really want. So I personally have done those things. I identify the success I want. I know what cost I'm willing to pay. And then I can and I know how to. Um, move within those two boundaries. So, what are your goals for 2018 and beyond? What, what's uh, what's on your on your to do list, and uh, what do you what do you really want to accomplish? Well, 2018 and beyond. One of the first things we want to do is get our residency in Colombia. We're excited about that, um, and living there full time and having an amazing life there. Um, and also, with constant living, I am excited to be able to just help people. Um, to live their best lives. And I'm going to measure a lot of my success by folks that I help. Um, And awesomely enough, we've already just helped uh, a couple, um, you know, reach their goals of living abroad and working online. Um, I had a a couple I've been working with and consulting for the last month. We were able to help them get online jobs. Um, They and now they're transitioning also out of the country which is incredible because they're having a new child and uh, they wanted to be able to live in a country that allows them to have a lot of the luxuries um, of having such things such as a nanny, having help around the home, um, being able to spend a lot, lot more time with each other and also have jobs that are less strenuous. So we've been, I've been able to help them um, transition and that's super exciting. Nice, nice. So, so I want to talk about something that I think is, is super important. Um, but in making this transition, what, I guess, what are the biggest challenges that you faced? Um, and I guess, are there any things that you thought, uh, would not be a challenge that have been more challenging than you expected? You know, one of the challenges that came up that I didn't expect, um, was when we'd allowed ourselves to just be able to relax for months, we felt guilty (laughs) that we weren't doing much. And, um, and I think it's because of that, again, that go, go, go energy that we have, um, as ambitious people that a lot of times we may not even give ourselves the opportunity to be able to just sit back and enjoy what we value the most, which is time for us. At least it was time spending with, with, um, my, with each other as a family, um, having incredible experiences, um, and being able to just enjoy what life has to offer. Nice. Nice. So with, um, I guess with, with making this big transition and going online, uh, how did you learn all this stuff? I mean, you know, you, you set up the e-commerce store, you're doing the podcast, you're doing the coaching. 
Uh, it seems like a big transition to me. Uh, th- did you take any classes? Did you have any mentors? What, what was the process for, I guess, figuring all this out? Well, I've been fortunate that I have had some great friends who are already in the online space, and um, they've been, they've coached me um, throughout this process from offering courses that they were already offering, um, from coaching me along the way to giving me tidbit uh, information that I think would have been difficult to to really siphon through on my own to determine what was good information and not. So uh, the, I guess a lot of them served as friends slash mentors along this process for me. Okay, nice. So for anyone listening right now who's thinking, man, I, I want that life. I want to I want to be able to travel the world with my family. I want to be able to move to a country uh, that I visit, and I think it's awesome. I want to be able to have, you know, an online business. Um, what I, And also, like you said, you know, mentioned uh, sifting through the noise of all this, you know, potential uh, learning material out there that, you know, some is good and some is, is bad and some is a waste of your time and some is very valuable. Uh, what advice would you have for someone who's listening right now saying, hey, I, I want to do the same thing? You, the first thing I would say is try to connect with people who are already doing this and become friends or or have mentors that are really there doing it. That was a game changer for me. If having the friends that I have now um, and having them also connect me with their networks to provide to for, to provide me with the content that I really needed to uh, make this transition was crucial. Had I not had that again, I think it'd have been more difficult to be able to sift through a little literally all of Google <laughs> to determine what was good information or not. So connect with the community, and we're we're going to be definitely providing that community through Constant Living um, to be able to connect with folks who are again who are doing it, who've done it, and even leverage a lot of what of I've already learned um, to be able to transition and make this lifestyle a reality. Cool, cool, nice. Well, Darnes, I'm really, I really, uh, really love your story. I like the passion that you have for for business and and the courage that you've had to go out and you know one start an offline business transition to online business, travel the world with your family, finally pick a place that, that you loved and, and just, just move there and just, just decide to, to make it happen and make it work. Um, so thanks a lot for coming on the show. And I want to know before we close out, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Uh, I would definitely say reach out to me via uh, constantliving.com and subscribe to my email list. That's where I give a lot of tips, tools, um, and secrets to be able to live a life that you're excited about, not just on the weekends, but um, on a daily basis. I think life's too short to be waiting for the weekends to live, live constantly. Nice, nice. I appreciate that. All right, Don. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure to be on. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers podcast. Be sure to listen next week where I'll be sharing another story of yet another inspiring Internet baller. In the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to Internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.